0: Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. You get all reverent now that I'm up here. It's still a time to shout as we get into the sword of the spirit, the word of the living God, Jesus. Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one, John chapter 1, verse 1, John chapter 1, verse 14, 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. There you go. Praise you, Lord. If you're following a version of Jesus that is not the word, understand that you're following a golden calf. It doesn't matter that the name Jesus is on what you're following. It's that the word is applied to the name of Jesus that you are following. That's why he has esteemed, he has magnified his word above all his name. Because anybody can make anything out of the name of Jesus. They can make them a bongo playing hippie at the Nakoma's beach at drum circle time. They can make them whatever they want. Jesus is the word. No matter what. If that makes you uncomfortable, then you're supposed to be uncomfortable. If that convicts you, then you should be convicted. If that brings joy to you, then it sure should bring joy to you. Jesus is the word and nothing and nobody else. He is the word of God. Understand that if you're not getting the Bible, you're in the wrong church. A lot of us have spent way too many years in the wrong church. And God, you're here now. How many of you prayed that we would close on the building tomorrow? We are closing on the building tomorrow. Amen. Praise you, Lord. If you're wondering what I'm talking about when it comes to the building, you're going to have to research it. By the way, I did not give this service the address. Put the video up. See, I just take it for granted everybody knows where that building is. People don't. People have no idea. It's 13,000 South Tamiami Trail. It's basically Ortiz and 41, River Road and 41 area. You take a right. If you're heading towards the interstate, you take a right. If you're heading towards Inglewood, you take a left on 41 from River Road, and it's about another two minutes down the road on the right-hand side of the road. 13,000 South Tamiami Trail. It's formerly Biscayne Baptist Church, Biscayne Church. It's now called Fellowship Church, about to be called Foundation Church. It is exactly 14 minutes from here. So there's no excuse. Those of you who are living in Rotunda, wipe the tears from your eyes. It's exactly the same drive for me as it was here. I've driven here and you've gotten a free ride for all these years. Now you're going to have to drive a little bit. If you live out in Cape Hayes, it's back way. It's only about seven minutes further than it is here. So if, you're all, if you live back there, you go through Cornelius, back through the back. It's nothing. It's easy. I drove here this morning. There's no cars on the road. Sunday morning, ever, all the reprobates are out in the boats. There's no traffic. They got up at five in the morning anyway, so they're long gone. So there's no traffic. Make sure you don't find an excuse not to be there. You're like, Tom, why do you say things like that? I know Christians. I've been in the church since 1987. I, be, I know believers. I pray, I pray specifically that God uses the weather to get people to come to church. Because it certainly is used for people not to come to church. Not you guys. Look at you bunch of maniacs. It's 40 degrees outside and you're here. That's like a, it's like a nor'easter in Florida when, it, when, it, when the weather breaches 50 degrees. We're like, and I, listen, I'm no better. I'm absolutely no better. This morning I was, Eddie got up, got up to walk the dog. I was actually a little scared. I was like, man, it's cold out there. I was like, woo. And all you Northerners, you're like, It isn't cold. We're out there. we in shorts. I, I put on, my wife bought me like a new Gore-Tex jacket I was all, bun- I was covered from head to toe. I actually got hot in about 10 minutes, but anyway. I want to talk to you about this. This is very important information. And I, some of you might get sick and tired of my COVID updates. And I don't, you know, the thing is, I want you to know that I don't apologize and I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't care about you. I love you. But me loving people does not change anything that I preach or anything that I say ever. Because what I'm preaching and what I'm saying, I believe is, has been given to me by God. And it's been given to me by God for you. So I just give you these updates because you need to know that it's not a matter of some sort of political agenda. Am I political? Absolutely. If you want to call it political, I'm really not political. What I am is I side with what is ever closest to the Bible. That's what I vote for. That's what I support. If I see two candidates, whichever one is closer to the Bible is the one that I go for, period. I can't tell you who I'm going to vote for because we're 501c3. I can just kind of say, you know what? If, uh, you know, somebody by the name of Bon Besantis ran for president. <laughs> you know, if it was, if it was, you know, somebody by the, that rhymes with the name Lump running for president, <laughs> might lean that way. <laughs> Whoever doesn't wanna butcher the unborn gets my vote. <laughs> You can give me a complete capitalist versus a socialist. If a socialist wants to save the unborn, I side with God. Capitalism isn't in the Bible. Socialism isn't in the Bible. So I go with what's in the Bible. They want to save the unborn. You don't want to, you don't want to vi- uh, deliver a baby breech and shove scissors in the back of his skull and suck its brains out. You don't want to do that? I'll vote for you. Because I know, see, I know this, that an angry God who knew them before he formed them in the womb... That every single person that has endorsed that act, who has not repented of it, will answer for it to the almighty God of Israel. Amen. Understand that. I don't want any part of answering to that at all. That's why you wonder why I bring up the things that I do. Because nobody will ever be able to accuse me of, of not saying what needs to be said. I may say too much, but nobody will ever be able to say, I didn't say enough. Ever. Ever. So I wanted you to get this. This is, this is vitally important statistics. And this is not meant to, well, that's a lie. It is meant to scare. But if you have a loved one that's been vaccinated, understand that it's not too late. And what I mean by that is this. If somebody's been vaccinated that you know they need to be prayed over immediately to be delivered from it. To have that toxin pulled out of their body and all the damage healed. I know a lot of you are hesitant to amend that you shouldn't be because I'm going to read you statistics that are irrefutable. Yeah, These are not, you know, you might be thinking, well, you're a right wing guy. You get all your stuff off right wing sites. Well, who's lying and who's telling the truth? I oh, hope was it the attorney general of North Dakota. Is that what you told me? No, attorney general of North Dakota dropped dead 68 years old. Never has health has had a health problem in his life dropped dead. He's one, of, he's one of tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands dropping dead throughout the globe. If this was the Trump vaccine, it'd be national news every day. Two, two tennis players in the Australian Open, two of them, where Novak Djokovic wasn't allowed to play. The number one tennis player, three-time defending champion, wasn't allowed to play because he's unvaxxed. Which, by the way, they had another player that came in, tested positive, and let him play but he's vaxxed. See, because he has, he has acquiesced to the orthodoxy. Doesn't matter about transmission. Doesn't matter about illness. It matters. Do you have your rosary beads of the orthodox orthodoxy of the branch COVIDian church? That's all. And it's a church. It is a church. Believe me. It's meaning for people's lives. It's a cause. That's all that it is. And the globalists use that to usher in the two beast mark of the beast. Understand that's what it's all about. From day one, they formed the COVID-19, the coronavirus, and the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is a level four bioweapons lab controlled by the CCP funded by Bill Gates, funded by the People's Liberation Army, which is the army of the Chinese government, the CCP, funded by Bill Gates, funded by Anthony Fauci. They make the virus. Then they offer the solution, which is the vaccine, all for one purpose, to get you marked, distanced, dominated and controlled revelation chapter 13, 16 through 18 style. That's what it's all about from day one. It's never been about your health. All of you COVID caving Christians watching online right now and COVID caving pastors, it is time to repent and understand that's what it's been about from day one. There was never a second that it was ever about a viral infection, ever. It was never about that. Notice how it's 99.9% survivable, so the globalists survive it. While they convince two billion people so far on the globe to take a vaccine. Here's the damage. This, These are, I want you to know, these are irrefutable facts. They are from the Department of Defense of the United States of America. How they track these numbers, believe it or not, are with QR codes. It's when people go into the hospital. This is, these are military personnel. There are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of military personnel in our country. Million, million or more. People in the military, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, millions. And these are Department of Defense statistics. When they go into the hospital, they are, it is on a computer, it is marked. Here's the diagnosis. Here's why they're here. It is the most tracked petri dish of humanity you've ever seen. It is the perfect sampling, it is irrefutable, it cannot be erased. These are the hospital statistics, the clinical statistics. Natalie's nodding at me. I'm gonna need you in a minute, Natalie, so stand by. Because I'm gonna need you to explain some stuff to me and I'll shout it out. Here they are, Department of Defense statistics. Now I want you to know, what they're comparing it to is 2021 only. What, What does 2021 have involved with it that no other year has? There you go. Now, what they're comparing the numbers to are 2016 through 2020. 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. Five-year averages. Everybody with me? That five-year average versus one year of 2021. Everybody with me, right? So five-year averages comparison to one year. There was, in the military, a 300% increase in miscarriages. In one year compared to the previous five. Strange, isn't it? Irrefutable. It's on the computers. They are marked when they go into the hospital. Miscarriage. It's right wing. This is under Lloyd Austin, the galactic buffoon of Afghanistan. He's not refuting these statistics. 300% increase in cancers. 1,000% increase in neurological disorders. From 82,000, it averaged 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. The average was 82,000 per year. How many in 2021 alone? 863,000. Irrefutable, this has been brought forward by at least three doctors who are whistleblowers who have signed affidavits under the penalty of perjury. You've been told from day one, don't take the death jab. Myocardial infarction, what is that? Heart attack, Heart attack up 269%. What's the military have in it? Young people, heart attacks, heart attack. Why is there even heart attacks in the military? My dad retired from the military after 20 years of service at 42 years old. Heart attacks up 269%. Bell's palsy up 291%. Remember the comparison, 16 to 20 and then one year. Bell's palsy up 291%. In one year? This isn't a gradual increase. There is only one common denominator. Project Solace was released, which is a DOD project under Joe Biden, which showed the following statistics. Remember, these are irrefutable. This isn't me. This isn't Alex Jones. This isn't Tucker Carlson. This is, listen, the military, as much as this, I love all you guys, all you soldiers, I'm panning across the room, love every one of you guys. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you. But understand the state of our military right now is nothing but a social experiment. We're a galactic joke. What happened, and it's not the soldiers, it's the leadership. All that they care about is gender equity and homosexual rights it's all they care about right now not winning wars but these are these th- that leadership are the ones producing these numbers the liars are producing these numbers the liars can't even hide these numbers CDC can't hide it, NIH can't hide it. I'm gonna tell you, the number's are gonna come out throughout the world of the millions of people dropping dead and for now on, for the rest of their life I have to be on blood thinners and barely able to hold on because they have no immune system. It is the modern outbreak of HIV. It's called ADE, antibody-dependent enhancement syndrome. When you take a vaccine for a virus that mutationally shifts... It turns your antibodies into ushers instead of killers. They usher the virus throughout your body instead of killing it. And it was all planned. These people, why would you ever, why suddenly do conservatives and Christians and liberals trust a multi-billion dollar multinational company that gets sued routinely for killing people and bribing doctors? And you're gonna take a metal rod full of their fluid and pump it into your veins? I know, I'm looking at the crowd and some of you hate me right now. Go ahead. Hey, I'm telling you the truth. If you've taken it, you need to be prayed over. Stat! It's because I love you that I'm telling you this. The people who hate you are the ones who are trying to fill your veins full of this stuff. Female infertility in the military up 471% in one year. This one I need you on, Natalie. Pulmonary, pulmonary embolisms, blood, blood, clots. blood clots up in young people, 467%. Irrefutable facts. Where do you get this from? Follow Thomas Rentz's federal lawsuit. Federal, Thomas Rentz's federal lawsuit is alleging that there's another 45,000. There's 11 veins that feed the VAERS report, Vaccine Adverse Effects Report. Who put together the VAERS report? The CDC. Harvard study said that only 1% of vaccine adverse effects are actually being reported to the VAERS report. Thomas Rents is suing. There's 11 veins that feed it. When you see 22,000 Americans dead from the vaccine, that's one vein. There's 11 veins that feed it. And the CDC is suppressing 10 out of 11. Thomas Rentz is suing to have one more release, which has another 45,000 deaths on it attributed to the vaccine. It should take you roughly up to 70,000 deaths. When have we ever allowed a vaccine in the history of the globe that has killed 22,000 Americans? Yeah, they, they do all their experiments on the Indians. I'm talking about the country of India where Bill Gates has paralyzed 496,000 people and been expelled from the country. Those are absolute facts. This is what is really happening. And it was all to get to the mark of the beast and the added bonus of killing that which they hate. The very people that say that they are the purveyors of love are the murderers. They've been murderers from the beginning, just like Satan himself. You need to understand something. I got this from Rodney Howard Brown and or Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I'm not sure. I've never preached this before. So excuse me if it's raw. But there's a big difference between sinner and wicked. Both are going to hell. But the wicked are the ones who are actually trying to do damage. The sinner's just living his life, you know what, at his own carnal pleasure, whatever that may be. He's not trying to hurt anybody. It's like the people we see around here. You drive around, you drive around, they go, it's just people. A lot of sinners, they go, they grab their 12 pack on Friday, they go home, they watch football all weekend, go back to work on Monday. They're gonna die and go to hell. But they're not wicked. They're sinners. They're the ones that Jesus ate with and tried to convince them to cross the line. But the wicked are the ones who are going after the gospel. The wicked are the ones trying to implement wicked schemes, trying to kill people. The number one cause of death on the globe in 2021 was 41.2 million abortions worldwide. COVID in 22 months of 15 days to flatten the curve has killed 5 million, allegedly. Hasn't killed 5 million. That's with America adding 870,000 deaths, which by the way, let me tell you this, make sure you got this from last week, the UK reporting all their COVID deaths, their FOIA, the FOIA request from zero to 14 years of age, zero people have died of COVID zero. And what do they want to do? Vaccinate your kids because it's a permanent EUA. It's a permanent emergency use authorization for Pfizer, for Moderna, of which 75 of our congressmen and women own stock in. Understand that. Zero kids out of 68 million people died of COVID. They shut down the whole globe. 6,000 people died only of COVID in the UK. 6,000 total. That's that's, That's not even a minuscule flu season. 30 to 80,000 Americans die per year of the flu. So if they had 6,000, what do you think America has? We're about three times that size, 18, 20,000 Americans died of COVID, which is what is actually on the CDC website. 30,000 Americans have died exclusively of COVID. It's on their website. It's all been a lie. And if you're watching or you're in this room and you caved at all, It's not a matter of just jumping on board with the non-cavers. You must deal with God. You must go to him and say, if you're a pastor, you need to do it publicly. If you're a church attender, you can do it privately. But you must say, I was wrong. I never should have masked. I never should have caved, I never should have locked down, I never should have closed my church, I never should have axed, I never should have pimped and whored all of these things. You're like, what kind of barnstorm did I run into? This is what church is supposed to be. You you should be bothered. You sh- I couldn't go to a church like, listen, there's a lot of you in this room. You went to these churches for years. How can you stand it? It reminds me of planes, trains, and automobiles. And he's talking to Adele Griffith. I could go to an insurance seminar for days and they say, how can you stand it? Because I've been with Dell Griffith. I can take anything. I don't understand. How do I quote movies? I quote movies better than I do the Bible. That's a pathetic thing. Actually, I quote the Bible way better. I'll show you in a minute. None of that had anything to do with the message. So the message is beginning at (laughs) 9.57. And I can go till they want me to leave no later than 10.40 is what they want. So we've got 43 minutes, but of course I'll stretch that. For another five, so we got 48 minutes to go of message. Everybody with me? All right, Hebrews, if you have your Bibles, if you have your phones, if you have your iPads, turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verses one and two. Believe it or not, we are still speaking about sanctification for the fifth week in a row. The fifth, fourth, third, I don't even know, estimate. I preach on things until God tells me to stop. And what happens is, is I actually pray over messages, I don't research to find out who, who's preaching what. I don't know who's preaching anything. I have no idea. Even, who my, even my favorite people, I don't know who, what they're preaching. I don't go online and kite messages. I've never pulled a message offline in my life. And I've been pastoring this church since 2004. Never, not one time. I pray over it. God gives me the message. We're still on sanctification. Nobody talks about sanctification. Sanctification is the process. It's not the process of repenting of sin. Sanctification is the process after you've repented of sin where God makes you useful. Most Christians never go through the process. They're just hanging on and waiting to go to heaven. That is not what you're called to do. That's not who you're called to be. You are called to be sanctified, made a vessel of God, raising the dead, winning the lost, giving money to the poor, whatever it may be. But most Christians never get to that place. Most Christians never get to the front lines and believe their entire life that they're on them. Because the devil has a separate war to keep you from the war. Your carnality is a separate war to keep you from the war. If you believe that the war is your internal fears... I'm worried about this. I'm worried about my home. I'm worried about my business. I'm in the war. I'm on the front lines. No, no, no. That's a mirage to keep you from the front lines. The front lines is full of lost people. The front lines is full of globalists trying to take over the globe with their poison vaccine and their poison vaccine passport. That's the front lines, not you overcoming your fears. You overcoming your fears is sanctification to get you to the front lines. They are not the front lines themselves. Well, you know, we really prayed that our son would get into the University of Florida. We won that battle. We're on the front lines. No, you're not. I'm not saying that you don't engage those things. You do. But please understand, those are personal issues. Those are, they can be Important. But they are not the front lines. The front lines involves a vast ministry for you to be involved with. Not your own personal implosion. Amen. Amen. Some of you are getting it. Some of you aren't. I'm looking at the faces. You don't think I look, but I do. I'm looking at who's receiving and who's not. You think this is too hard? to Understand, I'm trying. I have great expectations. I expect you to raise the dead. I expect you to win the lost. I expect you to be anointed in preaching the gospel of Jesus. And wherever it may be, and it's time to walk out of deception. I'm praying for my husband. I'm, okay, great. But it's not the front lines. The front lines is a vast ministry, a five-fold ministry, ready to unfold right before your very eyes if you will just get out of deception. You gotta get out. Hebrews chapter 12, verses one and two, the race of faith. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, all the previous Christians, let us lay aside every weight And the sin which so easily ensnares us. Why? Why? And let us run with endurance. See, now you got, that's the race. You got to lay aside the sin. And the weights which so easily ensnare you to get to the race. Those things are not the race. Those things are sanctification, training to get you to the race. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our, of our faith, you for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Matthew chapter 11, 28 and 30. Understand what your life is supposed to be in comparison to where your life is at. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." You're supposed to be kicking back on the wind and the wings of the Holy Spirit and enjoying your life. It doesn't mean that you do nothing. It means that you are directed by the Holy Spirit into vast, life-giving, romantic, exciting ministry. That's what's supposed to be happening, not a work-of-day life. That's what's supposed to be happening. But make sure you do an honest assessment and say, is that happening? Don't deceive yourself simply because you pray for your kids every day. That's impulsive. You're supposed to be reaching thousands. You're like, well, I'm not you, Tom. I don't have a pulpit. You can be a part of a ministry that's reaching thousands. I've told you this before, but my ministry took off when I started sowing seed into ministry that was reaching millions. So it changed mine from reaching tens to hundreds to thousands because I sowed seed into Rodney Howard Brown and Jonathan Shuttlesworth who reached millions. That's what you do. Don't worry about what doors will open; he'll open them. Get on the get on that whitewater raft, hop on, and just start rowing. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Let me lube up the tubes. What are some heavy weights and yokes? Let us lay aside every weight. What are they? And we're gonna do some differentiation this morning because there's a lot of people that need to understand what sin is. And there's a lot of people that need to understand what a heavy weight is and need to understand what the difference between sin and stupidity is. They're not the same. Get to that in a minute. What are some heavy weights and yokes? Deception. Galatians chapter six, verse three. If anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. That is the major, that is the biggest problem in the modern church. Look at me now. That's the biggest problem in this room. Everybody thinks in the body of Christ that there's something when they're nothing. You gotta be like me. Just accept I'm nothing. And you can be used then. So many Christians, they know everything. They don't go to Bible studies because it's not advanced enough for them. And I look at the Christian, I'm go, "You're defeated. You never smile in your life and you won't attend a Bible study that's not advanced enough for you. You haven't mastered the very basics of putting on joy. And you in a Bible study is too little for you. Really? Really? You have no friends and you won't go to a Bible study that's too little for you. It's not advanced enough for you. I, I, I say, oh, It's not advanced enough for me. Really? Really? Where's the fruit that says you're advanced? Show it to me. Come on, come on, show it to me. Where are the souls? Where are they? Just curious, you're so advanced. You think, you're, you think that you're something, but you're nothing and you're deceiving yourself. That is a heavy weight to bear. Some of you are locked in your past. You live off the corpse of your old life. Whether it's your old profession or your old church, you live off the corpse of that old life and you think you're alive. No, you should be featured on The Walking Dead. You're deceived, it's a heavy weight to bear when you're deceived. And I've spent plenty of years in deception. It is a heavy weight to bear. There's many forms of deception. Depression is a deception. Anxiety is a deception. It's a heavy weight to bear. And you have to lay it down to get to the race. That is not the race. You have to lay it down. That's the training to get to the race. But most Christians think it's the front lines. It is not. It's your training. Most Christians never even get to the training portion. They just get saved, claw into the earth and say, I'm going to hold on till heaven. And they're useless. And that's why they all caved to COVID. Is they have no spiritual discernment because they've never been sanctified to that level. Heavyweights, the past. Heavyweights. I put a, I put a couple wretcheds in here. Three wretcheds. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Romans seven twenty four and 25. That's not what I'm talking about. I just thought I'd throw that in there for you. It's probably where I got the word wretched. We don't use that much in our culture. We should wretched, wretched thinking is a heavy weight that must be put down. Whether it's you think too highly of yourself or whether you think too lowly of yourself, whatever it may be, understand both are equally wrong. A lot of people think it's an attribute. I just really, you know, very humble. No, no, no. Who are you? How many Christians are in here? Shout amen. What are you? Who are you? You're supposed to walk around depressed. Depressed. You know, I just have low self-esteem. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Romans chapter eight, verses 16 and 17. And you walk around depressed, it's dishonoring, bordering on blasphemous to God. You should walk around with a smile on your face. I'm saved. I'm heaven bound. I have abundant life. I'm about to be blessed. My best years are ahead. That's what you should be doing. Wretched thinking. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Wretched relationships. Whoops, don't tread on that, Tom. Treading. Treading. Some of you had friends that shouldn't be your friends. Oh, that's not Christ-like. Bull crap. Where do you get that steaming pile of bull crap? I want to know. Where is it in the Bible that it says that you hold on to toxic relationships? Show it to me. Come on, listen, you, I'm not saying I'm some sort of Bible expert, but I certainly have my theology organized and memorized. So you show me in the Bible where it says that you are to hold on to toxic relationships, even if it's son or daughter, even if it's mom or dad that you hold on to Toxic. Am I saying, am I saying, turn your back on people? No, you give them what their actions tell you that they want. Stop groveling to people. Where's the verse, Tom? Matthew chapter seven, verse six. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. How dare you say that? I didn't. Jesus did. Talking about people. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. You don't get used by people. You don't get abused by people. If you call them up on the phone and all they do is dog cuss you and tear you down, you stop calling them. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do, wicked, what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Oh, what fellowship could light have with darkness? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. He's saying, turn, my, turn, your, turn your, my back on my mother. You give her what her actions and her words tell you that she wants. Try a little separation. See how that works. Stop calling all the time. Stop groveling. You're a son or a daughter of the living God, the mighty God of Israel. We don't grovel to people. This is why I tell you, we're not not here, whether it's here in Inglewood and when we move to our next building, we are not serving the community. We are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ from a city on a hill, the light of the world. I'm not here to serve people. I'm not going to go out there and wash people's cars. Hey, we're here to serve the community. What can we do? Can we fill up your car full of gas and wash it for you? Uh, the devil's under my feet. The, that means the world is further under my feet because the world is under the devil's feet. And don't go out there and start, you think, Tom, shouldn't you serve the community? and where, Show it to me. Come on, challenge me. Show me the Bible verses that you're standing on that are your Christianity. Because as I said, at the beginning of the service, Jesus is the word. Jesus doesn't say any of that. Jesus doesn't say, go serve the world. He says, go make disciples, not serve the world. You don't serve the world. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? James chapter four, verse four. See, that's Christianity. Some of you are looking at me, you look stunned. Some of you have been coming for a while, look stunned. That's why people don't make it here. How many have been coming more than a month? Shout amen. You're the upper echelon. You are the green berets of Christians. Here's another heavy yoke, heavy weight to bear. Being unteachable. I call those people the I knows. Everything you tell them, oh, I know. Oh, I know, where's the fruit? A tree is known by its fruit. Luke chapter six, verse 43. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Where's the fruit that says that you know everything? You're so unteachable. You have no fruit, your kids aren't saved, you're miserable, and you're telling me you know everything. I never answer, I never ever answer counsel with those two words. When I'm, when I'm sitting across from Rodney Howard Brown, when we're flying to Pittsburgh and I'm sitting there going, I can't believe I'm here. And he starts to speak into my life. I don't say, oh, I know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I'm just go, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He goes, he says to me, when he knows about the new building, he says, well, I need to come down there and teach you about ministries of helps. Oh, I know all about that. Oh, really? Where's the evidence? All of my efforts before I connected with this ministry got me to 150 people and $30,000 in the bank over 15 years. One year connected with this ministry. A year and a half connected with this ministry and Jonathan Shuttlesworth got us 600 people and $1.2 million in the bank. That's, that's what you're, be teachable. Who, who, why are you unteachable? What's the fruit that determines and says that, you're, that you know everything? You don't. Even if you're a millionaire, you don't, are you not going to listen to the billionaire? Stop being so, un, what does it hurt to be broken and contrite? The very people the Lord is nigh to. Psalm chapter 34, verse 18. Thinking too highly of yourself, as we said earlier, but that, that, go, taking it a step further, people who are deceived. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the measure of faith God has given you. Romans 12, three. Don't think so highly of yourself. Here's another wretched. Wretched teaching is a heavy weight. How many of you spent years, don't have to shout amen. How many of you spent years under wretched teaching? By the way, wretched teaching can be your own. You can be your own. Most Christians... Are their own worst prophet? They're the main prophet in them in their own life. The main teacher in their own life. So wretched teaching doesn't just mean pastoral teaching, but we'll focus on that today. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 27 says, Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of knowledge. Cease now. Don't think about it. Cease now. If you're watching right now and you're still holding on to your art church because that's where your friends are, cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth the err from the words of knowledge. If you're going to a church that isn't talking about the mark of the beast, right now you're going to the wrong church. How do you not talk about the mark of the beast? We have 50,000 truckers in Canada right now driving across the... Well, they're in Ottawa now suddenly, besides the Zucchiatis, they're the only two Canadians I know that I love suddenly I'm loving Canadians again because I'm just curious where on earth is the Canadian church outside of Arthur Pulaski who just got arrested again the man standing on this stage just a couple months ago arrested again for what? Causing a disturbance what's disturbance? the church service, I'm sure it is some sort of church service But how do you not speak about the mark of the beast? You got fifty thousand, mostly unsaved truckers driving across Canada. Now, look at me now, encamped in Ottawa, the capital of Canada, encamped. What does Justin Trudeau do? He leaves town. He's 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 quarantined himself for five days. That sounds just like the evangelical church. How are you different? If you talk like a duck, quack like a duck, fly south for the winter like a duck, paddle around in a lake like a duck, you're a duck. You're no different than Justin Trudeau, COVID caving Christian. Suddenly you're all against it. Where were you back in March of 2020? And you still, and I don't care if you repented, but you haven't, because it hurts too much to repent. Everybody will know that I'm stupid. We already know you're stupid. If you're wondering who I'm talking to, I'm talking to those who are watching online. We already know you're stupid. How many of you have done stupid things in your life? I just say it was stupid. Last night, I screamed a lot on the podcast last night. I gave gave them 80 something slides and I got through 20 because I was yelling the whole time. But I chopped my son's head off in the middle of the podcast. Dude, that's not the way it was supposed to be. That's not what was supposed to happen. It was me. It was all my fault. I give timing on those slides. And when we're on CTN, you have to be careful. There's no F-bombs or cussing going on. Normally, normally I let cussing to a certain degree fly. It's a news program. You don't like it? Listen, I don't cuss. I hate cussing. I'm just telling you, that's the world. So you're showing the world. But on CTN, I've already gotten in trouble twice because I let a couple bad words fly. So we're on high alert. Aaron looks over every last slide that I put in, every last video I put in, Aaron looks at it and I look at it and we confirm there's no cussing. So one of the slides that what's big in Canada right now is F Trudeau. Now what they're doing is they take the U and they put the Canadian flag there. <laughs> but even those I don't want put, or sometimes it's just the word. But the flags and all that are all those. And I don't even want that on there because I don't want to get in trouble CTN again. I'm already kind of a rogue player. <laughs> a little pushing the boundaries a smidgey. But there's only two live programs on CTN, Rodney Howard Brown and us. That's it. So I had this slide timed that was supposed to start at 19 seconds so that it missed the giant F Trudeau flag flying on the side of a gas truck in Ottawa. But I misread my own writing. It's supposed to start at 19 seconds. And I left the little loop, loop off my nine. And I said, started at 14 seconds. In my own writing, I wrote down the time. And I chopped my son's head off, chopped Aaron's head off, because I got all mad. And then I'm like, you know, getting all, you guys didn't see it because I was off camera. And Tommy gets a little flummoxed. Then the slides are slow. Aaron's trying to fix things. His slides are slow. So I've got the operation going back there. Where's my slide? Where's my slide? Faster. So Aaron gets his head lopped off. Right after Tommy gets his head lopped off, it was all my fault. So afterwards, I was fuming the whole show. And I couldn't wait to, to correct it at the end. So I start launching. Aaron goes, it's in your writing. You said 14, not 19. And I looked at my sheet and I said, oh yeah. (laughs) So what did I do? Defend myself? No, I said, ask Aaron immediately, right Aaron? I was wrong. It's my fault. That's what you do. Now, don't make excuses. If you stink as a husband, go to your wife today and say, I smell. I stink. I'm sorry that I've stunk for so long. But if I admit that, that means that I'm admitting that we've had a wretched marriage for 30 years. That's what she thinks already. You might as well get it right today. You know, look at me, husbands. You know it's you. I pick on women all the time. I blast them out of Proverbs chapter 21 all the time. It's men's time. You know it's you if it's you. I'm not saying every husband in here is bad, but you know that it's you if it's you. Ask my wife how great of a husband I was during the last 10 years of my law enforcement career. Not so great. A lot of avoidance going on there. Avoiding of me and my moods. What did I do? Do I hide from it? Do I run and say it wasn't true? No. What's true is true. Admit it, move on. Better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. You might as well get it right now. Cease my son to hear the instruction that caused it there. Now, not tomorrow when my friends go there. No, 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 now. That friends goes back back to Matthew 7, 6. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. If your friends are people that love to listen to lies, listen to this verse. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 4. Everybody blames the pastors. And you might be thinking that I'm prejudged towards pastors. No, listen, I don't even like most pastors. I'm serious. I can't stand them. They're a bunch of beta males. Bunch of skinny jeans wearing latte sucking beta males. Really, honestly, I can't stand them. That's why I, I tried. Remember Proverbs 17, four. I tried to befriend pastors. I don't like them. They don't like me until I got in the right group. I didn't even know they existed till I went to the river church. I had no idea, but Roddy hours Brown's a, a, apostolic ministry. There's hundreds of us, hundreds of Tom Lightley's running around there. Hundreds of you's running around up there. And pretty soon there'll be thousands of us right over there in Northport. We're not staying 600 people. It won't be long. To you add another zero on that. You watch if you do what you're called to do, and I do what I call to. do, This is our church, not mine. People are coming up to me. Congratulations on your building. My, what? What? You think I'm the one dropping a mill? This is our building. I'm not dropping five million. That's God's money coming through you, coming through numerous others. Had somebody drop off a fifty thousand dollars check at my house yesterday. It's not me. I'm doing my part. What I pledged, I will give. I pledged $100,000. My wife and I will drop our first 40 coming up this week. Of our own money. You need to be praying what you should give. It's not, it's not that we have a need. God doesn't need you. He wants you to be blessed. If you sow seed into God's kingdom, listen, this is a Southern outpost of freedom. There's nothing else like what we have going on here. There's nothing else like it. It's your opportunity to connect with the kingdom of heaven. It's your opportunity to prosper. There is no other opportunity to prosper the proper way outside of sowing seed into the kingdom of God. Do it now. Do it. We didn't even take an offering. You can't accuse me of money grubbing. It's your opportunity. Proverbs 17, 4. Everybody blames the pastors. What about the congregations? A wicked person listens to deceitful lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. You're sitting under a ministry that's lying to you via obfuscation, lying to you via commission or omission. They're liars. You close your church, you're a bold-faced liar, not standing in the word of God. You wear a mask, you urge your congregation to wear a mask that does nothing. You are a bold-faced liar, sowing seeds to lies and you will reap that deceptive harvest. I know you guys are still too afraid. I don't want to offend anybody, it's over. You got to choose. You're hot or you're cold. You're on one side or the other. There's no placating the other side. I just preach the word. They're going to hate you anyway. You're already a racist. You're already a homophobe. Doesn't matter how much you cater to the homosexual, transgender community. You're still phobic in their eyes. You can bootlick them and butt kiss them all you want. You're still a big phobic unless you're out there kissing men yourself, man. you got to understand, folks, I don't care. You need, I mean, really? Really? Everybody who works for me knows, I'll fire you in two seconds, even if you're my closest friend on the planet. Every, everybody that's works here has been a close friend of mine. You cross the line, bye-bye. He's cold-hearted, I'm not. I mourn those people. I do, but I do what the Spirit of God tells me to do. Now, I'm a fault-written person. Lots of faults and lots of failings. But when I fail and God tells me you failed, I get it right now. I don't make excuses. Well, the reason why I sinned, God doesn't care about the reason I sinned. God cares about the redemption from my sin. Another heavy weight, I don't know if I have time to get through this. I hope I do, is religion. Let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us as the great Christians of old look upon us. We're gonna camp in our closing 27, that's 10, 13 minutes, stretch it to 18. (laughs) In our closing 18 minutes, we're gonna camp in Romans 14, starting in verse two. For he who believes... He may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. I'm not talking about vegetarians who eat it for other, other reasons. I'm talking about vegetarians who are, veg- who are vegetarians or any sort of dietary thing because you're a Christian. There's vegetarians. My sister-in-law is one of them just don't like meat. There's other vegetarians that don't want, they love animals. That's not what I'm talking about. It's people who do it for religious reasons. Reasons. We only can eat meat on Friday, Heresy. You're welcome. <laughs> Romans fourteen five. One person esteems one day above another. Here's the begin. In the evangelical church, there are people, and again, there are people who never get to the front lines because they're battling Santa Claus and Halloween. They think the front lines is Santa Claus, and you put at an end to Santa. It's Satan. In their mind. There's an extra N in there. Do they, do, they think their whole life, you know what? We at our church, we do fall festivals. We do, we do trunk or treats. So you changed a couple letters in the word treat to trunk and you emulate the world. I have no, by the way, I have no problem with any of it. I don't care if your kids go trick or treating. You know why? Because I'm free. Tom, that's of the devil. Really? Okay. I've been, how many of you were raised in up north? All right. Let me give you this example because it's different down here. So Halloween stinks in Florida. I want to use the word sucks. It sucks in Florida. It It does. When I was growing up I lived in a giant urban suburban sprawl of all military in Virginia Beach Virginia. One house after another as close as close as this front row to each other. One house after another. Thousands of houses. And then after that neighborhood there's one right next door with thousands of houses. Everywhere. And all you did was you strapped on your costume and you went house to house and we used to do it in a pillowcase. Because it had to be strong to hold all the candy. There was no thought of Satan. I wore Captain America. The Hulk. There was no Satan involved in it. If you want, if you want to think of it. By the way, Romans 14 gives you license to think of it however you want And he still considered God's child, but not to try to implement your values on non-important things that are not sin, that are not heaven and hell on other people. And it's not some grandiose cause that you don't do Easter eggs because it's of the ancient religion of Easter. You're right. It's pagan. So are Christmas trees so are Christmas ornaments, so are Christmas stockings. And you don't do East tar, but you do Christmas. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out thy moat out of thy brother's eye. You know how to get around Matthew 7-5? Don't get involved with religious things. It's bothering you, isn't it? Some of you are all bothered now. You're all verklempt. I thought Tom was a hardcore guy. I am. On heaven and hell issues. Hardcore on healing the Word of God, prosperity. If you haven't repented of sin, you're dying and going straight to hell, no matter how many sinners' prayers you said. Hardcore enough for you? You're living with your girlfriend right now. You're watching pornography. If you're a liar, you're going to hell. I don't care how many sinners' prayers you said. You're welcome. But these are not having hell issues. So you don't get caught up in them. Take your, take your stance. I'll show you mine in a minute. So one person esteems Romans 14:5. One person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind, this is the word of God. It doesn't say let each be, what's, what's the verbage? Let each be fully convinced. It doesn't say let each be fully convinced on his own mind with adultery. It's talking about Halloween and Sabbath days. Keep the Sabbath day. They're all gone now. God doesn't recognize the Sabbath day. Oops. And by the way, the Sabbath is Saturday. So if you're going to really honor it and live under the law, then you should be in church on Saturday. Whoops. Be free, would you? You're not free to sin. You've been set free from sin. You're not free to go sin. That's not freedom. A lot of people conflate things. That'll be, by the way, conflation is the launch of the second service. You need to watch it this week. As people always conflate sin with non-sin. Look at, I don't have time to get into it. I won't. Let me stay right here. Romans 14, 13. Therefore, let, let us not judge one another anymore. You do, say, you do Satan, I mean Santa? How dare you? I don't care whether you do it or not. Do it. Put them all over your house. I don't care. Go ahead. You know why? Because I read the Bible. Therefore, let us not judge one another. Now, judgment, again, doesn't mean that you have a friend who's got Playboy photos all over his wall. Judge that. Sin. Sin. That's righteous judgment, which Jesus told you to do. Do not judge according to appearance, but do judge with righteous judgment. I added the word do, but judge with righteous judgment. John 7 24. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. I remember a guy going back to special days. I heard Pete out there, and Pete walloped him online. And he's not a very strong Christian, and it shows. Is he was all upset. This is five, six, seven Christmases ago. I don't know how long it was, but now maybe it's shorter than that. Five Christmases ago, we didn't have Christmas on. Uh, we didn't have Sunday service on Christmas Day. We did Eve Eve on Friday. Christmas happened to land on Sunday. We didn't do it. You're like, how dare you, Tom? Because I don't care. Christmas Day. You really think Jesus was born on December twenty-fifth <laughs> under Scotch pines and Christmas lights? Snow falling in the desert. <laughs> and he put out there, I'll go find a church that has a service on Christmas Sunday, Christmas Sunday, like he's Irish or Scottish <laughs> Sunday. He's just a religious fool. What's the difference? We did it on Friday. What's the difference? Name it. Use it now again. Use the Bible. Don't, don't use your own viewpoint. Show me in the Bible. Show me. Can, can you see how quiet it gets in here? Even even people right now in their mind,, they're going, "I can't believe he's talking like this. It's Sunday. It's not in here, folks. It's not in here. You want to do church on Thursday? Do it. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Exodus 23 through17, the Ten Commandments is old covenant. You're welcome. Trying to help you. It's a heavy weight to carry around a bunch of religion and it's non-effective. You can go to heaven like that. You can go to heaven honoring the Sabbath. You're not going to heaven if you're committing adultery without repentance, but you can never repent of being religious and go to heaven. You can wear a cross. You know, you wear a cross on your necklace. Makes you feel close to Jesus. Absolute garbage. You can go to heaven that way. See how quiet it is in here? Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. But rather, resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in your brother's way. So here's the thing. If your brother is hardcore non-Santa, and he invites you over to dinner, what don't you wear? <laughs> Why? Well, I need, I need to expose his weakness. I need to win him over to my freedom. That's not what the Bible says for you to do. You'll win him over to your freedom by not going in there and crushing a weaker brother. Where do you get that from? Tom, Romans chapter 15, one and two. I've got all of this memorized. We who are strong ought to not, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. That's what we're supposed to do. Now this isn't talking about sin. This is talking about Christians who are locked in religion that they will still go to heaven with. If your neighbor is committing adultery or you have a friend who's addicted to pornography or is addicted to drugs, this is not what it's talking about. That's not, that, this is the conflation. Is it all gets conflated together. There is sin and there is nonsense. If it's not sin, it's sort of ceremonial Christianity and religion, let them work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. And you model freedom. That's what you do. Let them alone. From what I've seen though, man, seven minutes to go. It's a hard timeline here because we've got to have park cars. From what I've seen, it's religious that judge the non-religious. It's never me. I could care less. Hey, I have parents come up to me all the time. Yeah, Santa's gonna come, or they're doing Elf on the Shelf, all that stuff, I don't care. They're lying to your kids. Listen, is Norma here? Yeah, there she is. I, don't wanna, I hate to even say this in front of her, but she's good now, she's 21. It's too late. She's gone. No, I'm just kidding. But Norma accidentally killed a lizard in our front yard. She didn't know. And I grabbed it and I said, Oh, he's not dead. He's resting. I'm going to go put him on this leaf and we'll go check on him tomorrow. And if he's gone, we know that he's fine. What did I do? I went there before she got up, took that dead lizard and threw him in the woods. She's very upset about it don't tell me you don't ever lie to your kids and i'm not justifying wicked lies or anything like that but i'm just saying you know what what's mommy and daddy doing in the room oh we're just talking liar Most of you know that feeling. (laughs) They don't knock on your door ever in life until those moments, and all of a sudden. uh, And you answer in unison like a chorus. Yes? (laughs) I'm just getting out of the shower. Hold on. (laughs) I remember when my son discovered this. He cried. Seriously. I think he was about 10. Was he 10-ish? 8, 9, 10. What is it? 12? 12 years old. And I had to break it to him that mom and dad have sex. If your kids are in here, it's your fault. We have children's church over here. It's the reason Jeff tells you to put him in church. I mean, in children's church. And he just burst into tears because he thought we were both going to hell. I said, no, son. It's okay. <laughs> we're married. Here's the Bible verses. Ba bop, bop, bop. There you go. It's all right. <laughs> he was so disappointed in me. He was like crushed. And I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> Poor kid. But it's the religious that I've seen over my years in Christianity that judge the non-religious, not the non-religious judging the religious. I'm not bothered by people's religion, I was raised Catholic. I can go into a Catholic church right now and be just fine. You're like, oh, do you agree with everything? No, it doesn't mean I agree with everything that's going on. Have you ever read the book of 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st Thessalonians, 2nd, they're full of religion. And there were brought certain amounts of correction. But if I go into somebody else's church, I don't go in there and start to bring in correction to them. I let the weaker brother be weak and I model strength. I model freedom to those who are in captivity. And when they want to know, that's where you get verses like uh, Philemon 1.6. Pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. God will open up the doors. You don't go in there with your Santa cap on preaching to the person who hates Santa. But it was, it's the religious that I've seen judging the non-religious. Worship team, make your way. I'm going to try to get us out of here. And get very upset when their religion is violated, whether it's a do or do not. They get very violated when their religion, they get very upset when their religion is violated. Why don't you keep special days? You get real upset. How could you not have church on Christmas Day? How could you? How could you do that pagan thing? Why are we not hemnal only? Why are we, I, I've seen fervent Christians who are fervently King James only. Why? You believe? Do you think that Jesus spoke in the King James? So explain your fervence to me. I'd like to hear that. Here's where I'll finish. Romans 14, 14. I didn't get nearly as much into this as I wanted to. But we launched right here. Make sure that you listen this week to the second service. When we move to the next service, our services will be moderately longer. We're not going mega longer, but we'll be able to finish messages. And part of it is, uh, you know what? Let me take that back. It's really not that we're going to finish messages. It's just, I can't, I'm too bored to preach the same thing twice. Ask my wife, I'm a child. I can't do it. Every other pastor who has two services preaches the same message twice. I can't do it. I can't, I hate it too much. So I just do two. But in the next service, we'll, you know, they'll, they'll be able to be spread out over some weeks and when we go switch buildings, which by the way, I'm gonna finish right here, at Romans fourteen fourteen. Closing tomorrow, 13,000 South Tamiami Trail. Closing tomorrow. We're shooting to be in there in the month of February. So that's what we're doing. There's work that needs to be done. We got a lot of that stuff lined up. There's things that need to have. It's been a neglected building. The bones are good. The bones are good. But it needs some work. There's lights that don't work. You know, some some minor plumbing issues things like that have to be fixed we got all sorts of good men and women that are doing those things the roof needs to be fixed things like that but we will be in there sometime in the month of february i'm telling the landlord the landlord will be told tomorrow that we our last day in this building is february 28th that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that we won't be the other one before that but gear yourself up and be ready now to transition from a church of hundreds to a church of thousands. Don't be intimidated. Don't be bothered. You can always have close, very close personal relationships in churches of thousands and churches of hundreds. You just have to connect and ask God to open doors for you. Romans fourteen fourteen. the law of love. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus. This verse trumps every sort of religious virtue that there is nothing unclean of itself. What does nothing mean? There's nothing unclean of itself. Not talking about sin. It's talking about different little days and rituals and clothes and all those things. Nothing is unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. Shuck all of the religion. Whether you're somebody who's religious or you're trying to convince somebody who's religious to stop being religious, shuck it all. If you're a freedom person, be free in front of them and they will follow you, amen? Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, You will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking Him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. And I now turn from them, and I give you my life from this day on, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.